The sermon for this morning was prepared by Reverend Reuben Brainhoff, minister of the Free Reformed Church of Mount Nasura, Western Australia. The text he chose for this sermon is Ephesians 6, verses 18 to 20. Let us read these verses again. Ephesians 6, starting at verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to, my, to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Beloved in the Lord, I wonder how your fight against the devil went this past week. If you look back and consider the temptations that you faced, how did you do? Did you ever let fear and worry undermine your faith? Were you pierced by fiery darts of pride or sexual impurity? Or did you get beaten up by anger or discontent? I am certain that each of us had moments where we were pushed hard by the devil, even where we chose to surrender. Last week, there were surely times where we didn't rely as fully as we should have on the strength of the Lord and the power of His might. And so we sinned once again. Now, let's remember the precious truth that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, verse 9. But it's a struggle, isn't it? Sometimes a losing struggle. And it's not for lack of equipment. We've got the six pieces of God's own armor, battle-tested and reliable. Each week, each day, we could even go through them, just like a soldier running through a checklist before a battle. Wearing your belt of truth? Check. Breastplate of righteousness? Check. Feet shod with the gospel of peace? Yes. Holding the shield of faith? Check. Helmet of salvation? Check. Sword of the Spirit? It's at hand and ready to go. We are covered, fully equipped. But something more is needed. It is prayer. If you reread this section on the armor of God, you'll notice that this is actually Paul's biggest point. Towards the end of the passage, he leaves the metaphor of armor and he speaks plainly. He is most emphatic for he repeats the word all four times in just verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. As the Apostle draws his letter to a close, this is what he wants to leave with us. The truth that standing firm and praying constantly belong together. They're inseparable. If you will stand, you must pray. All the spiritual equipment in the world is useless without prayer, because it is prayer that connects us to the mighty strength of the Lord. It is prayer that expresses our deep dependence on God, even when we are in the throes of the devil's attacks. I preach God's word to you from Ephesians 6, verse 18 to 20, with the following theme and points. Our spiritual warfare requires devotion to prayer. First, with prayers that are constant and watchful, 
and second, with prayers for the advance of the gospel. First, with prayers that are constant and watchful. One of the Bible's most challenging lessons about prayer is just how much God wants us to pray. Scripture speaks of this in several places, such as Luke 18, verse 1, where Jesus tells the parable of the persistent widow with this message, that they always ought to pray and not lose heart. It's in Romans 12, verse 12 as well, part of the Spirit's marching orders for the Christian life. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Also from the display text, Philippians 4, verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Pray without ceasing. Our text is the same message. Pray always. For God isn't looking for a certain quantity of prayer, as if he has set a minimum amount that we need to meet each day. That is what we'd prefer. Well, as long as I pray at every meal and at the beginning of every class or meeting, or as long as I pray at the day's end, I'm doing okay. Perhaps we will supplement our prayer levels with a few when we're dealing with a crisis or some anxiety. But generally, we don't want to overdo the prayer bit. There's the saying, pray and work, so I'm working. Here, as always, we need to get to the heart of the activity that God is commanding us to do. It's never about the, the activity as such, like Sunday worship, and it's never about the outward behavior or the habit, like doing devotions every morning. But it's what that activity says about your relationship to God. And praying always is about trusting always. It's about seeking Him always when we learn to surrender every pursuit and every care and every plan and every joy to Him. Prayer is for every occasion because God wants us to know that every incident and happening of our life can be brought to Him. The command to pray without ceasing means that God wants us to constantly depend on Him as our Father and then to show that dependence through seeking His face in love calling on his name from the heart, and approaching the throne through Christ. It is God's will that we develop prayer into an unbreakable habit, a discipline that we maintain day by day, because it shows that the Lord is our life. So when we listen to our text, don't hear it as a heavy requirement. That's a whole lot of praying that we've got to do. Instead, hear this command as a gracious privilege we're invited to approach the throne. We've been given an open line to heaven, granted a direct link to the almighty strength of the Father. So it's not just possible to pray, so it's just not possible to pray too much. Pray always with all prayer and supplication. Here's the next instance of the word all in our text. We pray with prayer and supplication. If prayer is a general word for our humble speaking with the Lord, then supplication implies that we're asking God for something specific. We are allowed to bring to our Father a very particular need in our family, and we can carry to Him a certain care on our heart, whatever it is, and He listens and will answer. All of this is true in general, of course, 
that as God's children, we should delight in speaking with our loving Father as often as we can. But let's now relate this truth to what Paul has been explaining, the hazards and perils of spiritual warfare. If you look at the first word of verse 18, praying, you see that it's actually an activity that is going on at exactly the same time as taking up and putting on of our armor. At the very same time as you gird your waist and put on the breastplate and take up the shield of faith and so on, this is what you should be doing, praying always. Each piece of armor needs to be secured and fastened tight through prayer. Beloved, we must pray continually because our struggle with the powers of darkness is never-ending. Earlier in this chapter, we can read about the intimidating and at times overwhelming force of Satan's attacks. Backing him up, he's got principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual hosts of wickedness, and they're hard at work, corrupting the world we live in and terrorizing the people of Christ. So we need to pray constantly and pray with supplication. As we just said, supplication is specific. Satan is a master of all kinds of evil, and he likes to target us in particular ways. He targets us according to our character, according to our weakness and experience, and at the moments that he seizes opportune. This requires us to be watchful for the devil's schemes, and it also requires us to be deliberate in praying for God's help. More than simply pray, God, lead me not into temptation. It is good to pray, God, keep me from growing bitter toward my dad. Strengthen me to say no to this impurity. Please give me courage to do the right thing in this disagreement. Whatever the fight is, whatever the devil's particular temptation, praying specifically shows God that you're aware of the threat and that you need his help to confront it. Make supplications that reflect the struggles you actually have. And in his love, God will answer. Paul adds another little phrase that we should underline. Verse 18 says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. We have a stubborn tendency to overemphasize human effort. Even in the fight against sin, we count on our strength of character or our self-control or the sin-avoiding strategies that we've developed. But there is no real praying and no real wrestling with the devil unless it's in the Spirit. Constantly, we need His presence. Only by living in the power of the Holy Spirit do we receive grace to stand fast. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians 5, verse 16. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When God the Holy Spirit fills you, when His Word is on your mind and in your heart, you have an immense resource for the fight against sin. For he is almighty and he is holy. Let this be a prayer that we do not neglect, that we ask God daily for the gift of his spirit. In the battle, ask for the spirit of Christ to keep changing you, to strengthen you, to help you discern. The soldiers of Christ needs constant prayer and he needs watchful prayer. Pray, our text says. Keep alert with all perseverance. If you're at war right on the front lines of battle, or if you're a watchman on the walls, the very last thing you should do is close your eyes. 
The enemy is near, he is active, and he's deadly. So be watchful. Beloved, consider where the devil is probably aiming his attack at you. Which weak point of yours does he have in view? Or when is he most likely to strike? Is it when you're tired? Frustrated? Sitting at home bored? Be watchful and then pray. This reminds us of Jesus' words to his slumbering disciples in the garden. He rebuked them and said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mark 14, verses 37 to 38. They had to remain alert, not just because Judas and the chief priests were approaching, but because Satan was about to tempt them. In their great fear, they'd be tempted to fall away and even to deny Christ. And that's what happened. Beloved, we need to hear Jesus' words, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. For at times, we can become careless in the fight. After one or two small victories, after a pretty good week, we're feeling like we're standing firm and that the devil has probably moved on to softer targets than us. But be watchful. We're used to praying with our eyes closed, but in a certain sense, we must pray with our eyes wide open. The devil is always on the prowl. The reality is that the spiritual warfare is tiring. For day after day, year by year, Satan is lurking. Won't he ever give up? Our warfare can also be discouraging. Sometimes we fail miserably and we despair. In our guilt and frustration, we feel useless. This is why we're also commanded to pray with all perseverance. Notice another all. In the lifelong grind of daily wrestling with the devil, demonstrate not just perseverance, but all perseverance. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. But persevere in prayer so that you persevere in the fight. Pray at all times in the Spirit, making supplication for all the saints. The occasions for prayer are unlimited, always. And the subjects for prayer are also unlimited, all the saints. That's the fourth all. Showing that our prayers should have a wide reach. It's not good if we think only of our own spiritual conflict, but we should be concerned for the entire church. Pray for your brothers and sisters, for those who are also daily battling with the devil. It's probably true that our prayers are too much for ourselves and too little for others. But by faith we're joined together as fellow soldiers, filled with one spirit serving one Lord. As we put on the armor of God, we should care for those others who are also putting it on. We want to stand with them, encourage, and help them. Soldiers are known for being fiercely devoted to one another, leaving no one behind, standing together as a band of brothers. Soldiers of Christ, too, should be deeply dedicated to each other. Pray for all the saints. Of course, if you will pray for the saints, you need to know something about the saints. Brother, how can I pray for you? Sister, 
What's your struggle? Trouble is, we worry a lot about how other people will look at us. What if they see me as I really am? What if they know I'm actually weak? So we try to conceal our sins and temptations from others. This is what Satan wants, to have a man all by himself, standing alone. But let us stand together in Christ. If you are struggling with a weakness or an enticement to sin that seems overpowering, please be willing to share this with someone, someone who can encourage, guide, and support you. God wants us to help each other. God wants us to pray together. For then you realize you're not alone. Our spiritual warfare requires devotion to prayer, with prayers that are constant and watchful, and with prayers for the advance of the gospel, which is our second point. If you look back in Ephesians, there's two places where Paul prays for his congregation. In chapter 1, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. And again in chapter 3 he prays, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Paul knew the value of prayer, and this is why he often prayed for the believers, and this is why Paul often asked that they would pray for him. Take the brief example in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 25, where he says, brothers, pray for us. Here too, in these closing words, Paul requests prayer, and pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Verse 19. Paul understands that he must depend on God's help and strength just as much as anyone else. If he's going to equip the soldiers of Christ through his preaching, he'll need all the resources of heaven behind him. Pray that words may be given to me. Every preacher who has ever been nervous before ascending the pulpit can relate to these words. We ask that God would give us the words, that he would grant us the courage. We ask for the Holy Spirit's help to speak God's word freely, clearly, and boldly. It is only through the Lord's enabling work that a preacher can faithfully and powerfully proclaim the message of the gospel. If you think about, it's actually remarkable that this is Paul's main prayer request. Recall that he's in prison in Rome. In the very next verse, he will mention this, his chains. So what would you expect Paul to pray for? Freedom? Release? Perhaps another miraculous escape like in Philippi. But he requests not his own comfort, but that he may yet be allowed to tell more people about God's amazing love in Christ. We hear a similar prayer request in Colossians 4, verses 3 to 4. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, 
to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. You can tell that Paul is conscious that God has entrusted him with a great responsibility, the task of proclaiming the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. If a person accepts this message by faith, they will be saved from the clutches of Satan and granted life eternal. This task then puts Paul right at the forefront of the spiritual battle. Whenever he shared this gospel, kingdoms were at war. Eternal things were at stake. So he desires that whenever he has a chance to speak, he'll receive the right words from God. This prayer request teaches us about the importance of praying for the preaching of the gospel. Preaching can often look like a solo effort. It's just one man at the front presenting the sermon that he worked on by himself all week long. But it's not an individual effort, for preaching requires a lot of prayer, not just the prayers of the preacher, but the prayers of the entire congregation. Pray to God that words may be given to me. The task of preparing and delivering a sermon simply cannot be done without the blessing of God. There is so much that a preacher needs for the work, spiritual insight, mental clarity, and physical strength. He needs courage, faithfulness, and boldness. He needs joy, patience, and love. And remember again how we're at war. God has made the preaching of the word so significant to the health of the congregation, to the strength of his believers. And so you can be sure that Satan will attack the preaching, and he will attack the preacher. Pray for a resistance of the devil's temptations, whatever form these temptations take. Pride, laziness, impurity, discontent. Pray for watchfulness, for perseverance, for a full equipping with the armor of God. Pray steadfastly, for no preacher can continue and thrive unless his people are upholding him in prayer. The gospel will not advance except through prayer. That is true here in this congregation and is true everywhere. Pray for the ministry of the gospel in other places too, among our sister churches, on the mission fields, and in the countless places we don't know about. Pray that the true word will be preached and that it will be received by many in faith. Coming back to Paul's request, it may relate particularly to his upcoming trial. He was probably hoping to speak before a representative of the emperor. He prays that he may receive boldness in such a setting. See how he prays for that twice in verse 19. That words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly. And in verse 20, that in it I may declare it boldly. Being in prison probably meant there was a real temptation to bow to the fear of man. Maybe if he toned down the gospel a bit, if he wasn't so absolute about Jesus, he'd get a more favorable answer. Fear of man can still tempt preachers today. Preaching always evokes a reaction, stirs up a response, and a preacher can be aware of the reaction he's getting, and perhaps he wants to win praise, or he wants to avoid criticism, or he wants to please certain people in his audience. So he begins to moderate the message, remove some of the offense, even leave the truth. 
But a preacher must be bold. And he'll be bold if he simply and faithfully preaches the word that God has set before him. So pray for boldness that our pastor may always speak God's truth to you plainly and truly. In the last verse that we'll look at from this letter, Paul drops a quiet reminder about his personal condition. He has said very little about himself over these six chapters. In fact, the only thing he's really shared is the fact that he's a prisoner. He says it again now. I am an ambassador in chains. Verse 20. He describes his situation not to gain their sympathy, but to invite their prayers. Paul needs strength to persevere. And though Paul is in prison, he still feels the dignity of his position as a preacher. For see what he calls himself, an ambassador. Just like today, an ambassador is the first, in the first century was a representative for his king and country. Rome was full of ambassadors. Men sent to the capital to make peace and negotiate deals. In the same way, Paul had been entrusted with a word from his king, a message of peace for all people from the Lord God. As Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That was Paul, the ambassador's message. And that remains the message of preachers and ambassadors today. Be reconciled to God, for by nature we don't have peace with our Creator. Be reconciled to God, for by nature we're his enemies and haters. But Christ himself is our peace. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Ephesians 2 verse 18. So with these closing words, Paul reminds the Ephesians and he reminds us that we have a king in our Lord Jesus Christ and that he is victorious. He has given us peace with God and now he rides with us in our spiritual warfare, fighting for us and winning. So pray for his strength. Pray for his spirit. Pray for his gospel to advance in your own life, in the church, and in all the world. Amen.